flying sign with Joe Clady. This is Stoic Forge. I couldn't stop thinking about Leo and how much I must have scared him and how fortunate I was he had the self-control and trigger awareness to not mow me down in self-defense. I mean, I reached. It's He would have been okay in the court of law uh, given the situation that I put him in. And I, I just thought about him a lot and wondered uh, what he continued to think after I left. If maybe he packed up and left too. Um, how he slept. If he felt like he did me a, a service by not putting me down. Every breath I took seemed to hurt. Not not from an emotional stance, but uh, from where he kicked me. It hurt. <laughs> and it... Uh, Every breath was an expansion on that and uh, did not feel good. And it kept me awake probably till 5 in the morning or so. The sun was just starting to come up. It was the last thing I remember before I fell asleep. Waking up to a knock on the window from the gas station attendant. Aggressively telling me to move along. Thinking I was some sort of bum, which I was. Um, this was just another moment where I realized what I had become and wasn't surprised by um, someone's response to me. It, it made sense uh, to be told that. When in any other point in my life, if someone came at me in that way when I wasn't doing anything uh, it'd be surprising and confusing why I was being treated that way but I got it and I understood so uh, I had some coffee and still continued to think of Leo wondering what I wanted from him in terms of how I wanted this story to go. That was supposed to be the epic conclusion. And I think to make him work, it would have been more fitting for him to, rather than grab on my the, the shoulder of my shirt, to put his arm around my shoulder. Treat it like some sort of goodwill hunting scenario to make me feel consoled. It's not your fault, kind of thing. And I didn't get that. It wasn't the moment where some wise wizard would coach me and console me back to uh, mental stability. And it didn't happen that way. And And neither should it. That's not real. That's not real life. And most of this stuff so far hasn't seemed like real life. Um, but why should this? It wasn't 
supposed to be his story to be my therapist. It's not fair to assume uh, assume that he would fall into that role. So I tried to put him out of my brain. And I, uh, it was already so late in the day. By the time the person had knocked on my window, it was late afternoon. I had just, just finally crashed and uh, given my brain some, some, some rest and uh, replenish uh, the the chemicals that had been dumped the night before, and uh, I started to make my way west again. And this time I had no real destination. I wasn't ready to, to, to attempt again. I didn't want to. Not that I had found uh, the resolution, but I was scared of how close I got. And... Uh, slightly traumatized from it and I didn't want to think of another way to do it but without that looming conclusion that had been on my mind and figuratively on the horizon the entire time I didn't know where to go so I just continued to head west and California was next I eventually needed gas and uh saw a sign along the road that said next stop uh, or next service is 55 miles and I was already pushing E pretty good so I had to stop at this quaint little uh, another oasis but not like a like a loves or a travel center it it was uh, like something out of a very strange Twilight Zone episode uh giant red letters simply said gas that you could see from the interstate and the people inside uh, sat at the booths and not because there was a restaurant but simply as a place for the the owners and their kin to loiter so uh i saw the gas was 4.99 and that horrified me um I had $24 to put in, and that's that's all I had, and hoped that it would be uh, the best gas in history, which it eventually proved to be, but right when I was about to leave, I saw Escalade for, full of cool 20-somethings getting ready to go out and party, getting drunk and tipsy, uh, just topping their tank off. Seemed fun. Seemed like a fun group to, to go out with, but... Uh, Again, I just received looks of of uh, pity, <laughs> which is not not a not a fun look to receive. Um, it's a very demeaning look. That's not intentional. I think pity comes out of a good place uh, for the most part, but there's no action to pity. There's no. Uh, uh, there's no assistance with pity, rarely. I mean, there's charity, but that's its own separate thing. Uh, anyways, it bummed me out. Uh, the sun was starting to set behind the mountains, 
They've just made gigantic silent silhouettes and uh, and I realized that everything in true nature from these mountains to the to the uh, trees in the Kaibab forest just would turn into silent silhouettes and that was the entertainment my evening entertainment but just like that like every day and every night I couldn't keep up and then the sun set to darkness and those silhouettes went away and blended in to the blackness of the night. I was uh, cruising along, just listening to, scanning the radio, hoping to find something decent after my iPod died, and saw this massive hawk in the middle of the road, picking at roadkill, I assume. Just just as my uh, headlights hit it, and right before... It could even react. Barely it tried to fly away with its giant wings, maybe three feet off the ground, and I smacked into it and bounced off my windshield, leaving a sad smudge where its eye and beak had left my or had bounced off my windshield and <laughs> fueled and again selfishly fueled my uh, spiraling evening of self-loathing not thinking about the slowly dying hawk that had managed to find its final spot on the side of I-40 uh, but yeah did not did not feel good about that I was pounding through Arizona and uh, knew I was somehow in California but never never really saw the the line for it to to have celebration like I did crossing from New Mexico into Arizona. Uh, not that I would have celebrated anyways, it just would have been nice to know where I was at. Uh, just pounding through, passing beautiful things that I just couldn't see at night. Um, and blowing through an entire tank of gas, finally found a Love's gas station in Barstow, California, which are commonly connected to McDonald's, which should have sponsored me by this point. And I realized I was in trouble when a normal cup of coffee that I could refill over and over and over and again was a dollar-ish, depending on the tax, but in California, it's double. And with everything being ridiculously tight in my accounts, um, and the, the G.I. Joe tin feeling lighter and lighter with each day, um, it was going to be rough, really rough. I laid in bed and uh, finished Dharma Bums, the book by Jack Kerouac that Chad had given me, and uh, started to read On the Road, which he gave to me as a gift. Uh, to him seeming fitting uh, to what I was doing and uh, I was slow moving but knew I needed to get out of Barstow this wasn't a planned stop again it was just a, a place to be and uh, the next morning I knew I needed to find some money somehow so I called Melissa and Humble Pie and asked them what to do. Uh, 
and I was happy and kind of surprised that they answer. And they said to fly sign or to fly sign, or I asked if I should fly sign in Barstow, uh, and they said no, but they could, uh, but they knew of someone that could help me out. And so I waited and waited for a call that never came, hoping it would have some sort of uh, news of of someone uh, that could help me out in Barstow that was connected to them. Because, again, they seemed like a resource that I could use. Uh, I guess they made it seem like they were the resource that I needed, like I was lucky to find them. And they could... Uh, uh, bring me into this web of, of connections that they had throughout California, but uh, it never happened. But one thing they did say back in Flagstaff uh, was was about spanging. And I remembered that, and they said a tactic around a gas station was just to go from um, station to stay or pump to pump, quickly give your pitch, and see what you could get. Point at your van, say you're out of gas and without money, and just say you're passing through, which I was. Again, most of my stuff was not a lie. I wasn't lying uh, with any sign that I had. There was no deception. It was unfortunate that I had to ask, but, but I wasn't lying. And they said to wait in waves. So make a round, wait till every single car leaves, make another round but there is something that's known as a bull now a bull is someone that typically works for the gas station that chases people like me out and will sometimes fuck you up uh because no one wants that no one wants to stop at a gas station briefly uh with the little money that they have to go in and get a monster or whatever to be bombarded by some bum asking for money. It's bad business. Uh, so I kept my eye out for that, but just started to spange and made my way from pump to pump, wave after wave, and uh, in about an hour and a half at 34 bucks. And that was enough to hopefully get me to Santa Clarita, where he had... Uh, taken a hit uh, in his own soul, humble pie did, uh, when he said that would be the spot where I would hit the homeless lottery. Uh, so I was getting ready to go, and uh, I saw this guy just laying under this palm tree by the ramp with a sign that could not even be read. It was a piece of cardboard about the size of my forearm with big black letters that just faded into the rest of the cardboard. And with a sigh and a smile, I went to him and said, do you need a ride? And he hopped in. His name was Matt, and he lived in Fresno. His pants and his shirt were dirty and shredded, Almost like a costume you would buy. They were so uh, ridiculously shredded. A Hawaiian shirt. Uh, old dress pants that were ripped in a way that looked like 
he was a guest star on Gilgan's Island. Um, thick, thick red hair that just was like a fro from from chin to uh, <laughs> to the top of his head. It was made him look like a bobblehead for as thin as he was. He said he had been living uh, in the woods for about a year and a half uh, in Needles, California, and that he had just built a cabin out of bushes and would make his way into town with his food stamps, get what he would need, and bring it back to his little hut. Uh, And I told him what we were doing, and I said, Fresno is on the way, which again, I didn't have a way, but I can only go so far, and San Francisco seemed like a good place to go. So I knew I had it to go north, but I needed to make a detour to Santa Clarita. He was along for the ride. So we're riding through the desert, passing the Mojave Desert, and um, for a moment I realized that I had that that uh, I forty, which I had been on since Oklahoma City. Uh, ended in Barstow, and similar to most of the characters I have I had met along the way, that road was a character, and I know it sounds a little ridiculous, but I had kind of personified it in a way that uh, was a was another caregiver. I felt safe on it, and I knew it, and I knew uh, I knew how to navigate it, which it's not hard to navigate. You just go west or east. Uh, But the exits, the landscape, the truckers that um, you would drive by at night and their trucks would be lit with the tiny lights that looked like uh, uh, county fair uh, carnival rides that seemed to just drive by at night. It was beautiful, and I, I... Felt sad to know that I was no longer rambling on it anymore. Uh, but then we had started to make our way on the new highway. Um, and I got to know Matt. And in a short amount of time, I had realized that his time spent in the woods seemed to alter his uh, understanding of reality. He had a tattoo on his forearm that I could see before we really started to talk of the Grand Mason symbol with a circle around it with a line through it. And that was how I started the conversation. I said, hey, Matt, what's the tattoo about? And he was very, very paranoid that at any moment they were going to pick him up, that they would, that they knew where he was at right now that he knew the secrets of the Grand Masons that uh, they were out to get him. And look, we've all seen National Treasure. <laughs> you know, we, I don't know. It just seemed like uh, 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 a bit of a delusional grandeur. But hey, who else um, gets that unlike me? Um, he had this well, multiple composite notebooks stuffed in his backpack uh, with rants and words and drawings that he had 
according to him, figured out all the, the mysteries of the world, including its origins, evolution, agriculture, and, of course, the aliens. Uh, his opinions were were comical, and I, I politely smiled and agreed. I wasn't going to uh, shit on the guy. And again, I'm not trying to uh, make light of his obvious mental illness. Uh, but he would define these words that he uh, was so familiar with, uh, like the, the human apoloma, which seems real. And may, maybe it is real, and I've just, the research I've done has not found it, but uh, explained that the human apoloma and the aprift, uh, the the uh, wreath wraiths of the which are some beasts that appear in the desert or in the forest when I don't I don't even know it just things that did not uh, did not help him uh, appear to be sane let's put it that way and it took us a while uh, but we got to get to know each other and I could tell we both felt safe with each other, which was nice, I think, for both of us to have uh, some sort of companion and guardian, if only for a day or two. It took me a while, but we had found the Walmart in Santa Clarita on literally dimes. I had to fill up one more time and use the remainder of the uh, the, the change from the G.I. Joe 10. And I double-checked the diagram that, had, that Melissa had uh, sketched out on my atlas, telling me what corner to stand on, making sure it was the Walmart I needed to be at, um, and, and found the spot. It almost seemed to glow in its discovery and uh, the the potential uh, mysticism that Humble Pie had bestowed upon it and <laughs> the, the legend of this spot I don't know it just it just seemed like it was um, a big deal which it wasn't it was a fucking street light by a Walmart but he had prayed to Jah, and uh, I was going to at least give it a shot. So, like I said, back in Flagstaff, I had made my sign that said, Traveling, out of gas, I need a miracle. Now, this Walmart was not just any Walmart. It was tucked within the, the beautiful... Uh, palm trees and, and uh, mall area uh, of Santa Clarita uh, filled with Escalades and SUVs and Cadillacs and you know Lexus beautiful cars which held beautiful people that I hoped had full and open wallets 
Now, uh, this was the moment where I needed something to follow through. Um, so with a humble heart and a uh, pathetic face, I stood at the corner. Uh, only to ornate myself with the crucifix that I had brought uh, <laughs> to to uh, hopefully tug on the heartstring of a passing Christian. I know it's fucked up. I know it's wrong. But, uh, hey, you got to work an angle if you got it. So I stood there. Cars passed. And this woman stopped in a gigantic SUV, beautiful black uh, SUV, and she rolls down her window, and I see her, uh, and hands me a $20 bill. And I say, thank you, thank you, and I go to grab it, and I try to pull it, and she's holding on the other end in hopes that I would look at her to say, with a look of, hey, what the fuck? Uh, can I have it, please? And I look up to her, and she, with very uh, motherly eyes, says, no drugs, no alcohol. And I said, hey, I promise, I promise, I promise. And uh, I pointed at my van. I was like, I'm just trying to move along. And I called her a hero. And she smiled and gave me the, the money. Fives, tens soon followed. Uh, and I remembered Humble's promise about the about the $120 in, in an hour and a half. And it was quickly approaching that, and it had only been a half hour. And then this guy comes up, about 6'3", Long blonde hair, uh, no car, just walks up to me on foot. And I see him walking towards me, and I think, God damn it, this is my, this is my, my window here, and I'm about to get sucked into a conversation with some guy, maybe about to give me some trouble. And distract me, and make it me seem unapproachable, uh, when people pass by. But I'm polite and I'm not looking to start shit. So he introduces himself as Greg. And he had lived in an RV without a roof for a while with his fiance, and they were both out of work. They worked in computers and he had worked with large saltwater fish tanks for a while and very uh, tech savvy. But they had both lost their jobs. And after a terrible storm, the roof had blown off their RV and it was tarped down. Uh, and I told him some of my stories and uh, he would just smile when appropriate and uh, give a give a solemn face when needed. Uh, and he said that he was blessed with the gift of feeling positive energy. And that's why he came up and talked to me. And I could tell he was starting to get a little uh, emotional and a little teary 
and requested a prayer with me just to pray and asked to hold my hands. And I, uh, at this point, he had won me over. He had sat and listened to me and uh, was truly interested and in, in thoughtful with questions and uh, didn't try and uh, one-up me with stories. Just just listened, and I listened to him. And he began to pray for me and Matt and prayed for me to make my way home and be with those who love me. And he just began to weep, and then so did I. Uh, And he concluded his prayer and reached into his pocket and pulled out some crumpled bills and some change and gave me $21.35. Now, that was... uh, not the most money that I had ever received, but it was uh, the most important money that I had ever received. He gave that money to me, uh, which was everything. It was all he had. And I remembered the old story from the New Testament with Jesus uh, and how all of these people in in the church were uh, giving just bags of money and and gold. Uh, All these very wealthy people and this elderly woman gave two coins, which was all she had. And Jesus said that uh, that was the most important amount and that she was held Uh, in the best regard by God. You know, brief summary of how the story goes. And I remembered that and uh, felt uh, moved to tears. And with just a a pat on the shoulder and a choked-up goodbye, he walked away. And I realized that that was the best man that I had ever met. Um, so I resumed my spot, wiping the tears from my eyes, trying to compose myself and continue to make money. An hour had passed and I had made $141 and I couldn't believe it. (laughs) I couldn't believe that it worked. You know, maybe, maybe it was just luck. Maybe it was just a good spot. Maybe it was the pathetic look I had. My street charm, if you will. Or maybe Humble was right. Maybe he was going to take some karmic beating for it. Uh, for, For what he did for me. I went back and told Matt of the news... Uh, and he wasn't too enthused. Not that he didn't care, but it didn't matter to him. <laughs> he just was sitting there and uh, 
kind of in his own little world. While I was flying sign on that corner, he had gone into the, the Walmart and bought a bunch of groceries with the remainder of his food stamps. Turkey, you know, deli meat, bean dip, uh, Fritos, bread, Gatorade, tea bags, uh, just a bunch of stuff. And then I filled the cooler that I had kept in the van that had never really been used. Uh, and we feasted. I made six turkey sandwiches. We sat there in the back of the Walmart parking lot and uh, had dinner as the sun began to set on the hills of Santa Clarita. I got the car. I got the guitar out, and I could tell he wanted to play. Uh, so I handed it to him, and he just plucked away. Uh, he was beaming with excitement, which <laughs> didn't seem like much, but as the, from the baseline that I've gotten from him, from the you know the the day we'd had, anything seemed like something. Uh, he reminded me often that he couldn't play like he used to because of the tumor that was on his head, and that it made him weak. And also the tumor that was on his back. And I said, what tumor? And he pointed at his head like I was crazy that I couldn't see it. And he even showed me his driver's license, uh, which had been from years and years before. Uh, no giant red fro. No, uh, no beard. Uh, and no tumor in the picture or on his body. Um, but I said, oh, okay, yeah, I can kind of see it. Just obviously enabling, but I, you know, I'm not going to be the one. <laughs> I I wasn't going to be the one to do it. Um, as he would sit there and I would play guitar and we'd eat, he would lean forward and uh, take his fist and kind of strike himself in the back like he was you know, punching a, a TV that wasn't getting good reception. So not enough to break it, but enough to try and get it to work. And he just kept doing it. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, well, the blood flow because these tumors. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, you, I, you know, and I just said, does it make it feel better? Just without a follow-up question. Uh and he said it helps sometimes. So we had our feast, played guitar, and I said he could crash in the van if he wanted. And he said no, uh, and just hobbled over with his fist on his back with a walking stick he had had with him from probably his hut in Needles and hobbled over to this bush uh, very large, thick landscape bush that lined the parking lot. Stopped, stared at it. He's probably 50 feet away from me. Stopped and stared at it. 
laid down next to it and just rolled under it. (laughs) And I just like closed my eyes and shook my head and smiled and realized what another character this guy had become. The next morning, the, the van was in desperate need of an oil change. Hadn't received one since Greenwood, Indiana. Uh, so Matt had checked the oil gauge and said it was near bone dry. Uh, luckily, the Walmart had a car shop out back, and I told Matt to hold the sign in the spot until I got back. And he just... I watched as I pulled away as he would set up on that same spot, sat down and (laughs) just leaned the sign against his leg. The man at the shop was really kind and helpful, uh, but it cost me 30 bucks out of the money that I had made, uh, which was a real kick. When I later learned that since there was no oil, it didn't need to be changed. I should have just bought the oil myself and had Matt fix it up. But again, I am not a car guy. As I've said since Greenwood, as I said in Tulsa, it is not my forte. Like I had suspected, uh, Matt had made nothing. And I didn't think he would. Again, no street appeal, Uh, especially the way he was looking with it leaned up against him, uh, almost like he had just collapsed to the ground and uh, hoped that someone would throw some money at him. Uh, So I helped him into the car, but then a man pulled up in a very nice truck right behind me and uh, rolled down his window, so I rolled down mine, and he asked if I needed gas. And I said, yeah, man, I'm running on fumes. And he told me to follow him to this gas station, just right towards the the interstate that we were about to get on, or the highway. And he, I, my, he told me to pull up next to a pump. He didn't pull up next to a pump. He just parked. And then uh, he filled up both tanks, which I had never filled up both tanks this this van had two tanks i don't know why but you would they had a little lever uh in the console that would say i think front and rear uh i don't know why it wasn't just one big tank but it had two tanks he filled them both up cost him like a hundred dollars and i just just stared at him asking why 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 do you need to do this? And and not in a, again, not in some like, uh, please, sir, shed some wisdom on, on this young troubled lad. Uh, but just like, why? What, like, what's your angle here? Because at this, at this point now in the game, everyone had an angle. And I was starting to see that. He didn't have an angle. He simply raised his pointer finger and pointed up. He said he had been given so much and that it was about time he did something back. And so I rummaged 
through the, the, the treasure box from Renee and found something to give him because that's what he had given me. And he left. And I looked at Matt, who then <laughs> curled up on the seat like nothing had ever happened, <laughs> thinking he would be like, yeah, that was cool, or wow, what a generous guy. Give me something, but there was truly nothing there. Uh, and it was quiet today with him. Fresno was on the on the horizon. We had driven through the mountains, then into the flatlands of the San Juan Valley, and it got hot. And I asked him if he was nervous to go home. And he just said no. And I was confused on how he thought he could just stroll back into this world after being alone for so long and obviously losing his mind. And he just, just stayed silent. I, I just, the, the idea of, of going home uh, had not crossed my mind until this moment and how to adjust after seeing so much and uh, being alone for so long. And again, I've only been gone for a month at this point. And he'd been gone for way longer than that. So we pulled up to his exit. We shook, hand, or we shook hands. He got his stuff out of the back. And... Uh, just as he was about to take off, I quickly told him about Renee's treasure box. And uh, I asked him if he would have something he'd like to trade. So I, I pull out this tiny guitar ornament, just thinking that he would love it. Uh, and I offer it to him. And in a very... Uh, honored way he rummaged through his bag dug out one of his composite notebooks and very gently but quickly ripped out four or five pages from his book and said I don't have a lot but this is what I have and I said that'll do pal <laughs> I gave him the guitar he immediately uh, found a way to tie it to one of the zippers on his bag and just about as he was just about as he was walking away i had to and i got a picture of him which i hadn't been taking pictures of anyone at this point there was no point to take uh to to have memories cuz i didn't think i was going to need them and for the first time since i'd left greenwood I thought of what could happen when I got home about having memories about remembering what has happened and how to apply it to life how to correct uh, my mind the damage I'd done 
to both friends and family. It wasn't going to be easy. But for the first time, I knew it was going to be possible. I'll see you next time.